Welcome. It like for me, that sounds like it instead of it merely being helping a veteran find a job and you may y'all may do that, too. Um, and there's nothing wrong with an organization where their primary focus is, hey, look, my organization exists to get you employed. And that's great because that's what a lot of veterans need. They just need to get that employment. Yeah. But it sounds to me like you're treating, not treating like a you know therapeutic or anything, but like you're trying to meet the needs of the whole person, not just an aspect of them. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. Um, to be more effective back at home, you have to worry about, you have to concentrate on you. Um, so all different avenues of that, right? That takes the mind and the body and everything, the emotional state, um, how to channel that and understand that whatever you're going through is normal. Um, so that's a big thing to veterans and first responders when they're going in the back, when they're going back home to their spouses and family that they're not understanding or even in the workplace. It's just having that to work on you at all different parts, right? You can work on being physical fit, but then maybe you're emotionally or mentally just not really, and we can help you that we can guide you with that because we can give you, we can actually refer you to uh, our, uh, our uh, clinicians at Ocean Mental Health. Um, that's a good thing. If it rises to that, or you, it's an opportunity for you just to go there if you want, um, besides the VA. And it's not just for veterans that are just transitioning out. We have older veterans as well. And I think sometimes even everybody gets lost once in a while. And they need to kind of just find that and work on themselves. And they think they're doing the right thing or, Sometimes I don't know if we're 100% doing what everyone needs because everyone's got a different need and a different want. Um, but we're just trying to have a platform so guys can work on themselves and better themselves. Uh, we just recently started a, uh, actually not recently, it's been a year now, um, a spouse support group. So the spouses can understand and they're educated. They get stuff uh, for themselves and they just talk just like we do, the veterans and first responders, but they have their own group of understanding of what they're going through back home, that it's normal, that it, what are they going through? How do they deal with certain things or how do they've dealt with past situations and how they're bettering? Um, so they're, we're combating the life back home to have a more stable and an understanding life for them, for the veteran and the family. Yeah, and I think that's key as well. That's something that, that you know, I, I I had a I did a previous episode uh, with two spouses, and what was interesting about it? Well, there's three two episodes, but three different or four four different people. One was a um, a couple that was dual status. They were both in the army. You know, they were both single soldiers in the army. Got married while they were in, and then retired. I think within like a month of each other. Wow. Um, so that they had a dynamic that a lot of people don't have is not only were they married while they were in the military, but they were married to another service member. And, you know, they, they talked about how they had to, um, live, I think the first cut there, I think it was the first couple of years of their marriage, um, like one deployed and then came back and the other one had orders to go to Korea for a one year stint. And then it just, it was a mess. It was like, yeah. just, you know, it being just, separated. It's like, we, we got married so we could be together. And because of our jobs, we're being separated. But um, so they, it was good to hear that from their perspective, because 
there's not a lot of people. I mean, there's a good chunk of people who are uh, the joint domicile or du dual status. But um, so it was great to talk to them and just hear their perspective on things. Another another episode, I had two spouses. Now, what was interesting about them, it was just the it was just two wives of service members. They knew each other because of their civilian jobs. They're both um, are attorneys and I think within the same organization and they um one her husband is a navy reservist the other one her husband is active duty army and their, their spouses are still serving so they brought some perspective to the table that uh that was different from each other but there was still some commonality. Um, the spouse of the one that was the Navy reservist, her husband deployed. And so, you know, being coming from the reserve side of the house, I think many times um, we don't, as a reservist, we don't get fed information the same way it's fed to service members and families as it is on active duty. But the kind of end result was still the same she now had to play mom and dad and work a full-time job because her husband was on the other side of the world. Yeah. So I think a lot of, cause she, I think, I think, and I, I might be misspeaking and if I am, I don't mean to, but I think one of the things that she said was that she had, you know, would hear comments from other people, um, other spouses that would say, Oh, well, my husband's active duty. It's not the same. And you know, to which I would, because I was active duty and reserves, I would say, well, actually it is. Mm -hmm. it, a deployment is a deployment is a deployment. Yeah. Um, you're being separated. The service members being separated from the family and the spouse is having to um, pick up the slack for what was missing or what is now missing because that service member is on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. Um, so while, while active duty and reserves are different from each other, you know, in, in all branches, the, you know, yeah, active duty and reserves are different from each other, but when it comes to a deployment, you still have to do that pre-deployment training, you then deploy, and then you'd have to get reintegrated with your family again. Um, that process is the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I think a lot of people don't understand about the reserves. I mean, we will get knocked a lot just for being a reservist. Um, mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people forget to to note that you're holding a full-time job. Most of the guys, they have families and then the Marine Corps or whatever reserve unit you're with, it's, that's another full-time almost gig when it comes to when you, as you get promoted, it's meetings throughout the month, it's rosters, non-stop and on top of everything else so that's adding stress just the back home like mm -hmm. in itself um but yeah the, the, i think people do don't understand the the power and what the spouses do go through when the uh, mm -hmm. the other one's away and what they have to pick up that slack like you had mentioned um they're everything they're mom dad they're they're playing both roles and uh, trying to balance that out the best they can. And if that doesn't add stress or you don't think that's going to pay, um, like be positive in the, in the long run, like it, it it's going to pay a toll on you. And um, mm -hmm. that veteran coming back home is 
it's going to be different than when he was when he left. And he had things different in his mind and visioned. Um, and so did the spouse. You don't know what's exactly going, unless you're talking every day and you know what's going on, but how the kids, if you have set, like kids gravitating towards that one parent and, and why they're acting a certain way in school, there's a lot of things that play into that. And coming back home could be a stress for the spouse because of that better not knowing what she had gone through or he had gone through mm -hmm. being back home and uh, they needed support and even dealing with that veteran if he has any uh, PTS or, or anything like of that and just anger or whatever he's going through, even if he's going through his transition, um, mm -hmm. there's going to be some ups and downs and, and bumps in the road. And if that wife or spouse understands and that then makes things easier where he's coming from, why he's angry or she sees certain signs and symptoms of certain stuff that, that can also help with the relationship of just saying, well, why you just don't feel like talking to anybody or you're just distant. You just want to go be by yourself right now. You're not talkative. There's things that, that can help that veteran because the spouse goes, all right, I understand dad needs this time or mom needs to be left alone right now, but everything's fine. And we'll be back and like, just give him an hour or a half hour and he'll come back. And you know what? That veteran knowing that the spouse is like, is understanding is almost like that all right, you understand me? Like, I, and they're thankful for that. And it's just going to make that bond that much easier. So do you, with, with recalibrate, do you, um, do you find that y'all have a lot of spouses that y'all work with as well? Or is it mainly the first responder and veteran? Um, actually there, there's a couple that are, that have both roles. Actually there's spouses, <clears throat> that can, uh, that are involved in the, the male part, but, and then also in the spouse group, but we, uh, I kind of not, I would say personally, I just, I get the report back once in a while and I'll check in. But, uh, from what I hear, we actually have a good, about eight to 10, sometimes 12, um, spouses that come in monthly and, uh, it's starting to pick up and evolved into something different and everyone's benefiting from it, from what I'm hearing and, and gathering that, that nothing but positive stuff is happening. Uh, and they're all looking forward to their monthly, uh, monthly meetings. So, yeah. and uh, I don't know if it's, we're getting more military than we are getting uh, law enforcement or first responder uh, spouses, but it's open to them as well. That's, that's good stuff. So here's a question that I would ask. Um, at this point, um, cause like we said from the get go, we've never met, we're veterans. We could hang out and talk forever. Um, if there was anything that you, and this is like a multi-fat, this is like one question, but is kind of multifaceted. If there's anything that we have not yet talked about that you wish you could tell those who are listening as it relates to. Uh, recalibrate as it relates to mental health or just the transition part and just in general what would you want what would you want somebody's takeaway to be what would you want um, somebody to say you know I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check out recalibrate now because he said this or he said that what what would you want to share with people uh, I would understand I would tell people that uh, that it's okay to 
to be not okay. It's okay um, that a lot of people have pulled through or have gone through situations uh, that some people may be going through or seeing or reoccurring. Um, but it, there, there's outlets, there's opportunity, and they don't require a lot of things, a lot of uh, equipment or any other any other situation. It, it, it's just a matter of doing little things that can make pop, big impacts in your life. Like I said, going for a run. Um, we con continuously have our posts, our workouts up online, um, journaling. We kind of, there's other organizations and other uh, groups that we kind of bring in as well to better that. And we show them that. And I want people to understand that it, it doesn't take a lot of effort. Um, it just takes you wanting to do it, taking five to 10 minutes to journal every day. That's, it's going to help out a lot. Uh, I can tell that from, tell you that from a personal um, avenue, going for a run, you know what, you're going for a mile and then turn two miles. And you know what, later it turns into you're running 20 miles ready for a 50 K. Um, there's other things that you can do and connect and the power of connection, either social media, which has been a good thing. Um, but the one-on-one -on -one and personal is better but there's a lot more people out there that are understanding and the more that we educate the, the world and the civilian world of what we're doing and not keeping that divide, um, things will be better. So people do understand and they want to understand you. It's just, you have to open up and let them know and you have to do it in a certain way where you're not being a, a jerk about it and not being arrogant about it. It's kind of like, how you approach people in your demeanor and uh there's a lot more people out there and there's going to be more people going out there that are going to be wanting that connection and if that's what you're looking for like that's exactly what we have our funny our tag uh, tagline is find your fire team um and essentially what that is is finding like-minded people that you're looking to have around you that you surround yourself to uh show involvement um, betterment, uh, either physically, emotionally, mentally, that will help you. Um, people that you can call on when you're in need, kind of close your eyes. Like, all right, those are my, that's my fire team right there. Like, if whoever's listening, you li uh, you can close your eyes for five seconds. Just think about who would you call in, at three o'clock in the morning in, in a crisis situation or anything. That's your fire team. They don't have to be military. They don't have to be law enforcement. They could be anybody. So we say find your fire team, just like in the military. Um, a fire team is made up of about four to five people. Um, everyone's got their own mission, um, own job to do to complete the mission in full. So finding your fire team, you have a point, man. You have somebody for every every obstacle. And uh, it's just good to use them when you can. Uh, you reach out. Hey, I, I want to get better at this. Well, I'm going to surround myself with this. I'm going to talk. I'm going to pick his brain. Um, I want to stay away from drugs and alcohol. Well, you know what? These guys stay away from drugs and alcohol. And I want to stay away from that as well. I want to read more. Okay. Well, I'm going to just, everyone's got different things. They want to better themselves or improve. In, and uh, that's your fire team right there. And they don't have to be military, but we actually will have, we'll have that connection to provide. Maybe you'll pick up one or two guys and you know what? That's a good start. That is a good start in having zero. I'm glad you said that because we did spend some time talking about that um, previously and I know I am in a place where I'm trying to figure out 
um, who that is for me and what that means to me because um, hearing the term fire squad or hearing the term um, what was the other term uh, there's battle buddies I heard I mean no um, the book the oh tribe uh, tribe tribe thank you yes yeah, find a tribe yeah um, I I you know if you say to me you know who's your battle buddy well that's a term we use in the in the army so I, I I know I know that, but I think part of the distinction uh, with fire team and tribe versus battle buddy is when you say who's your battle buddy, it's like one other person. Yeah. Um, whereas a tribe or a fire team is not one other person, which ends up being important because. I, you know, everybody has their own issues and own, own set of uh, problems and things that they're having to grapple with. So then for me to come and, and dump my stuff on this one single person is not fair to that person. Um, but if I can do kind of like what you just said and what we talked about previously is what is it that I'm trying to improve on and then who do I know that's skilled in that particular area and see if I can connect with them about that particular thing? Well, yeah, I mean, it's just like, I want to show up to a, a fight with just one person. Like I'm going to show up with a group of people. Like that's yeah. like, if I'm going to, if I know what my battle is, right. And our battle is, is life. And uh, sometimes life will, will knock you around and you're just not, sometimes you have to have those, uh, those pillars right there next to you to hold you up and keep you going. Because yeah. without them, uh, I mean, you have one person. <laughs> God yeah. bless that person. And if that person's strong enough to hold you up too, you got a group yeah. of people, you're not going anywhere. They're, you're going to be solid in the ground. And you know what? You're going to stick your chest out. You're going to hold your head up a little bit higher. And you're like, yeah, I got this. I, this is, I'm going through, I'm going through some shit right now, but I know I have these guys by my side and I've got people in the back of me I, and it goes far back. Like, yeah, you have people with you, you know, and you're going to feel like, this is a shit storm coming but you know what i'm ready for it and yeah absolutely yeah i mean yeah and i'm just that's the that's the part of me that as i'm learning more about that i'm thinking why did i not learn about this earlier instead of trying to be a hero and do stuff on my own and i find myself saying i know beyond a shadow of a doubt i can't do crap on my own because i've yeah. tried and it didn't work and it still doesn't work. So I need to have that um, close knit group of people. And I think as we talked about previously too, is that um, it's okay if, you're, if your tribe or your fire team changes. You know, some people yeah. might be a part of your team um, long-term and then other people, it just might be seasonal and that's yeah. okay with either way. Yeah, your team, I mean, it's fine. I mean, it, you could just, it's always going to change depending on where you're at in life and where you want to be and where you want to excel. And, and emotionally, mentally, it's like, hey, I want to be with this crowd. I don't want to be with the party crowd anymore. I want to I want to be with someone else that looks like they got their shit together or they seem like they've got to figure out. So, you know what, I want to, I want to pick their brain about stuff. And you know what, I like the way they talk. I like the way they, they just hold themselves up and, with other people and how genuine they are or whatever, whatever attracts you to that person. Um, those are people I like that are genuine, like real, like 
and uh somehow i'm yeah i'm a sucker for those people because they give a shit (laughs) they actually get and it's like yeah man that's that's cool that's okay with me and it's okay not to be with the party crowd anymore and it's okay to learn and be a lifelong learner like you just want to keep learning i want to listen to more podcasts i want to read more books like those are people i want to surround myself with i want to continue learning because there's a lot more out there i kind of wish back in my 20s that man i wish i read more read at all um Mm -hmm. that matter i wish i did some things to better myself which was time wasted but now i kind of wish things slowed down i mean i'm only 33 but i want things to slow down now so I can live like in the moment, still being prepared for the future. But I mean, and learning from the past, obviously I've done some, like I said, some stupid stuff, but um, that's all you can ask for, for any, from anybody. So, I mean, no matter what your past was, it's making sure you understand the now and take everything in and then kind of at the same time, prepping yourself for the future. So you know what to bring on and you're not going to do that alone. You're going to be doing that with people that, want to experience it already or they're going to help you guide the ways so yeah i mean if you're going through the woods lonely it's it's gonna be dark road and mm-hmm. you don't know what you're gonna hit and what kind of uh potholes you're gonna hit but it's not gonna be smooth i could tell you that it's not gonna be smooth with a fire team but it's yeah. gonna be a lot smoother um yeah dude yeah um yeah <laughs> um so here's here's a, another question for you. Just like the last question is, you are in New Jersey. I'm in South Carolina, and where people are located listening to this podcast can be anywhere. So if I like what I hear you sharing with me, and I want to participate in what you have to offer, what do I need to do? Like, how do I connect with you? Well, uh, you can find us on um, on Facebook at uh, Recalibrate. USA. Um, we're also on Instagram, uh, recalibrate underscore USA. Um, we have a website, recalibrateusa.org. Um, that can, that will bring you to a lot of all our other, uh, networks that we have. Um, and then from there, uh, you can shoot us an email that we have our emails up there. Info at recalibrateusa.org. Um, and kind of just find out more about us. You can check us out without even connecting with us. You just see how we are. If you want to see what we've done in the past, just go through all our events and people talking about what we've done and what we want to do moving forward. Uh, I think we'll be putting out something soon about what our plans for 2021 are and uh, just keep people engaged. Um, We're always, there's a group of us that are, we'll get back to you either on the Facebook email or Instagram, if you connect either or, you're gonna get a response back real quick. And um, that's what it's about, is finding that connection and seeing what they can do in their community, or we've had that issue, that uh, brought up a lot. Hey, how can I do this in, in my community? And we, we, we explain it to them and uh, get to know that person and uh, we go from there. But it's, we can connect anywhere in the world, anywhere in the, the country. Um, we'll communicate back and see how you can get involved in some way or fashion or another. Like I said, our workouts, uh, we post online that anybody get involved and, uh, yoga, we try to explain and give tools or what we are doing in our organization, but in putting them out there on post. So reading, writing, being physically, uh, active fitness and, and healthy habits. 
man not bad for a marine <laughs> i'm just saying <laughs> no man i think that's awesome uh, i really do um yeah i want to be like you when i grow up when i'm like as old as you were you know like in my, in my early 30s and stuff oh wait sorry my bad <laughs> oh man yeah what yeah yeah, I was talk- so yeah, I'm gonna like cut this thing off now. But you know, it's crazy. I uh, one of the I was on a. I think that's just being trying to be an adult or just trying to grow as an individual. I don't know. Calling myself an adult is kind of funny, but because I still <laughs> look at myself at, like at a young. You have this nonprofit um, recalibrate. I hear you talking about being a young, dumb Marine or a young, dumb Lance Corporal and then being a 20 in the, your 20s out of the military back from deployment or whatever, and you're drinking and you're blowing your money and you're looking for full-time work. And now, how did that transition happen? Oh man, that, that's, I think it was a combination of a lot of things, honestly, uh, just one experience and looking back and growing and you make mistakes, uh, you want to learn from them, you idolize, you kind of look up to people that, and the party group is not someone you wanted to idolize and you wanted to kind of escape it. Um, you wanted to better yourself in certain ways, younger uh-huh. person, um, or at least sometimes in that mindset it comes up. Uh, I, in law enforcement, I got involved with uh, the mental health, uh, being a uh, veteran men- mentor for the uh, court system for the prosecutor's office. Um, and then just diving into the crisis intervention training that I got put into and then started teaching with that. And it kind of just came to me just like, there's a need for something like this, something different. That's like, we already have set up like the VA and, and um, the, the VFWs and American legions that we have those set up. Um, but you don't see younger guys going out towards them a lot. You don't have a majority. That's like a lot of their, their issues. A lot of younger people and getting involved combination of that and, getting out of the military and I feel like I had to have still have to have purpose. Uh, the military kind of fulfilled that in a way, but sometimes it masked a lot of things and Hey, that's my purpose. And I kind of was pretty arrogant when I was in there. I, when I look back at how I held myself at certain times and kind of embarrassing, but you learn from that. So getting out, I know that a lot of people had suffered that, that transition. Um, that lost. I, I mean, I joke around and call it the, uh, the Al Bundy syndrome. Like, Hey, I used to do this. I used to, <laughs> that's who I was. I don't, you know, and then like, you've just lost track of who you are right now and, uh, and who you wanted to be. You just kind of focus on, yep. I was a Marine and I don't care about anything in the world. And people look at you like, well, you haven't PT in a while. You, you're drinking a lot. You seem like an asshole lately or whatever. And that's to me embarrassing. That's not how I want to my cousins and younger siblings and, just everyone to look up. Like, I don't want people to look up to me like that. I want to kind of be a role model for them and kind of set the example. Um, so that's a combination of all that. Just a lot of dumb mistakes I made as a, in my twenties and financially, emotionally, mentally, just everything is a combination of that. And I wanted to have something set up. So veterans either coming out of the military transitioning out or that been out and still kind of, lost disconnected and uh it just was so organic and natural to be like with the resources that we have in our county um and the guys involved the veterans i was like hey let's get something going for veterans this way 
we get the peer-to-peer -peer aspect through Mental Health Association. Um, they've been our partner with that, helping us get going with that, helping us have the facility and um, educating our guys. Um, right now, they actually have a pipeline for um, guys to become peer specialists. So we're kind of putting guys through that. Um, Ocean so Mental what Health. What does that mean? For, for, so for people who are actually who are listening to this, um, what does it mean to um, go through peer support training and then do peer support? Like, what does that what does that mean? Um, well, they have a pipeline. It's just it's, it doesn't mean really anything. You're not get, you're getting a certification um, that you've put the time in and you've listened to and you've been educated on certain things. Um, when it comes to peer to peer stuff, no one's going to tell you that you, you're not good enough to be a peer. Like anybody can run a peer group without being certified. Um, it just shows some kind of uh, accomplishment and, and effort that you've done and put your time and effort in. It kind of gives you more credibility, more or less, in the, that field. So you're not becoming a doctor or anything. Uh, you're not a you're not like a blessed uh, peer yeah. peer guy. But you know what? It's it's shown commitment it's shown that you've accomplished something and you've actually shown the time and effort you've put into that field of a uh, peer-to-peer and how, how you can better yourself and how you can better others in that in that world because there is a difference between the peer-to-peer -peer aspect and obviously the uh, clinician aspect because mm -hmm. i know i i know the va um has has positions called peer support specialists and have to have a particular certification to do that. So that could be something if somebody you know, gels well with that, could look into going into uh, be, being a veteran and then being a peer support specialist at the VA can be pretty fulfilling. It's I, I haven't done it myself, but I'm, I'm just guessing that if I enjoy helping other veterans, that could be a venue and, and like, like I think we were talking about the other day, um, there's something about getting help from somebody who gets what it's like to be in uniform, um, as opposed to going to somebody who's just straight up a mental health provider. And while they may be trained and skilled at what they do, there's just something special about having someone also who has that experience too. But yeah, I ramble. No, I mean, yeah, no, no, it's it's also I do the same. I've done it multiple times already. Um, yeah, the peer to peer aspect, I kind of found that out with uh, the veteran diversion program through the prosecutor's office. Um, okay. We would talk to the veteran, and um, we have that relationship. We have that bond that that the clinician doesn't have. Um, mm -hmm. And there, we learn things from each other, and we learn things from that veteran that he may not tell the clinician or open up to the clinician because maybe not that comfortable. Yeah, I know that's what they're trained to do and that's the setting, but when you're kind of shooting the shit and you really aren't, you're not a, a doctor, you're not wearing that hat. Um, you're just like one of the dudes and one of the bros and they understand and they get it. And it's kind of like that guard has been dropped right off the bat. Um, and you learn more about them than how much they're more attracted to that. And they open up to you because I've had things I've had veterans open up to me about certain things that re raise red flags that need to be addressed and the clinician never knew about it. So, and that's not just me, that's the whole group. And that's the whole point though, is like, that's why that peer peer is so powerful that, you know, clinicians can be smart. They can be educated on everything, every paperwork, but 
if they can't relate or they can't talk or because the, they're so much educated, they're so much higher educated, they, they're just well-spoken. There's, and then some guys are like, oh, this guy's a jerk. This guy's pretty pompous. Like, how am I going to open up to this guy? Like right off the bat, they're just like, nah, but if, not saying everybody, but there's other people that will open up if you're at their level with them and you can mm -hmm. reason with them and they can see where you're coming from and they understand that you, you give a shit and you're not yeah. getting paid for it. You're about like, that's, that's the whole point. You, you actually give a shit. Yeah. And I loved that. Um, my first encounter with somebody who was a peer support specialist, dang it, here we go with Marines again. She was a Marine. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I was, I was in, in Kentucky, I went in going through some uh, mental health counseling and they were doing a, um, what was this one? It was, they, they paired up with a, 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 a civilian organization that trained um, service dogs. And uh, like these dogs being trained would go into the prison like during the weekends and the inmates would train the dogs so it was a it was like a six or eight week or you know every week we would meet and we'd interact with the dogs as a means of kind of getting integrated with me interacting with other or different personalities and helping train the dogs at the same time and similar to what you were saying the um the social worker that was leading the group i believe she definitely cared i really do and that was great. However, she was not military. She didn't come from a military family and then enters this peer support specialist that was like straight up Marine. Like, and I, and I loved it because while I knew the social worker cared, I knew that this Marine not only cared, but she understood. I didn't have to explain certain things to her because she got it. Yeah. So that relatability is huge. And there's things that you can pick up and you can be on the outside, I would say, or like you could be a civilian, but you're not going to have that, that understanding of a uh, lingo or just verbiage of how you can talk. It just naturally like we'll talk to each other a certain way. That's why we try to peer people up with the, with their, um, where they're branched. I mean, if not, that doesn't work out, but it's just more of that understanding and that getting to know each other. Like that language is just, Hey, I know what you're talking about. I, I, I get it. I understand it. Cause I've been there or I've been in those places that you're talking about and we can relate, we could talk. And it's just a lot easier when someone can uh, understand you. So it's like more of a calming sense of feeling than, Oh yeah, you've been in Iraq and you've understand this. You did all this great work. And you're like, what the hell are you talking about? And, yeah. and someone and, else can and, call you or, and someone else can call you out in your own bullshit, which is the best yeah. part when you have the guy going, come on, bro. And you're like, all right. You're right. Like, really so or whatever, you know, it goes back and forth and yeah. it's good because the guy, you know, that guy's like, he cares because he's called you out and you're like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's something that I like too. Um, I, yeah, I remember having a conversation, there was an event going on and I saw that peer support specialist at that event. And I remember just, we went, when it was finishing, when the event was finishing up, we were just standing out you know, by a tree, just, you know, doing what you do when you stand out at a tree and nobody else is <laughs> around and just yeah. you know, talking about whatever, whatever was the topic of discussion. And I remember, um, 
I shared something with her, whatever it was that I, you know, whatever it was that I was sharing with her that I was having a, a problem with. And she said, okay, only like a fellow veteran would do. Okay. So how did you respond? Why did you respond that way? Do you really think that was the best way for you to do it? And yeah. she, you know, it's like, you can't, she's like, you can't BS a BS or, I mean, come on, really <laughs> exactly. like why, what do you think was really going to come out of that? Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, okay. Um, I don't like you anymore. Cause you just called me out. But of course I didn't move. I still stood there <laughs> because that, you know, it is it, it, when somebody has that confidence that they know that they can tell you like it is or how they see it and you can stand there and receive it too. Yeah. That's a good relationship. Mm-hmm. It really is. And, and cause for me, yeah, I, I mean, sure. There are, there are times that I would prefer it maybe being um, an army veteran, but I could care less. I tell people that being in the military, we don't have that animosity against each other in branches. It's just like picking on siblings and that's all that it is. But when it boils down yeah. to it, I could care less what branch you're in. The military light, the military uh, community has its own language. And then each branch has its own little dialect. In yeah. Because, you know, you can like an, an Air Force person can say, oh, yeah, I went to tech school. And then, I'm, you know, if I don't, I might say, wait, what's tech school? And they say, oh, you know, my job training. And I'm like, oh, yeah, my AIT. You know, and, and yeah. so now when I hear someone say tech school, I know what they mean, even though I use a different lingo. But it's still, yeah, there's just, yeah. Yeah. And I think going back to what you said before, and, and I think it's me personally, um, I like and leadership or just general people um, in the civilian world is I like when people are straight up with you. I don't like the sneaky, like behind your back kind of like gossip or like, Hey, we should tell this. Like if I'm fucked up or what I'm doing something wrong, be like, Hey, cause I have a couple of buddies that were like, Hey, you're fucked up. Like get your shit. I'm like, all right, cool. Like that's what I needed. I don't need this. Yeah. I was going to tell you that, but uh, you've, I'm like, Correct me. Correct. If I'm doing something wrong or I, I want to talk to someone or, hey, I might be saying the wrong thing to you or I might be coming off a certain way or you're getting a certain vibe. And I'm not saying that because I'm there's certain crowds. I mean, I'm just super quiet because that's just what I want to be. I, I do lately. It's just be quiet and just observe. And, and then I, I'll get my intentions are, are wrong. Right. People are saying, oh, he's quiet. He's standing. I'm like, no, dude, just have a conversation with me. Like you guys are sitting over there bitching and complaining about stuff. And it's like, I don't want to be part of that crowd. Also, I'm doing what I'm doing. What I know is best for me is to remove myself from that and just go about my business. Um, and I just wish people were like, ah, man, what's, what's going on? Or like, you good? I'm like, yeah, good. What's up? Like, I don't have any, it's stuff like that. It's just yeah. like, I think that's I think the military we're a people. Rare breed with that because I'm like that too. And it's unfortunate, but I think, I think we're a rare, rare breed when we, you know, just calling it like you see it. I could be wrong, yeah. but mm-hmm. if I can come to you and say, hey, John, look, um, that was kind of jacked up when you did this or said that. Yeah. And, you know, you can either just take it and be like, yeah, you know, you're right. Or you could be like, no, here's what you missed. You could be like, yo, Tiffany, you missed the part where this happened, which led to me responding or interacting with that person. 
okay, well then I can just say to you, all right, cool, my bad. I just saw this and that's what it looked like to me. And be on our merry way and it's all good. Yeah. But so many times people want to sugarcoat stuff and well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. Well, you know what? (laughs) I don't want to hurt your feelings either, but I think I'm going to hurt you by not telling you, hey, you came across this way or that was not the best way to interact with that person. Mm -hmm. And if you just talk to anybody, you just, you understand where they're coming from just by talking to people. Yeah. What's going on? Like not even just a curiosity, but yeah, how's things just talk. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people, uh, and I hate that divide. I hate that civilian military divide and I hate saying that because we're not like this certain, we're not, even though I've said it just before, but we need to break that. And that's part of like the mission now is just break that and kind of let them in our world and, and vice versa. Like let us in their world, as much as they want to help like the veterans and stuff, just, Hey, what can we do? Where, where are you coming from? And then vice versa. Like, Hey, this is where I'm seeing shit. So this is like where we can communicate a lot better. And then that whole, that whole, uh, like you don't understand me kind of deal or that disgruntled veteran always really pissed me off. Don't even during service and even out of services that disgruntled veteran mindset was toxic. It just wasn't fitting. I'm like, why are these guys doing this? Like, why is there a group of people? And you know what? It was growing. I think it's gotten less now or that's, I've just changed who I, look up to or i uh i'm kind of like uh surrounding myself with is not those people that are like oh this is this is fucked up or this is i'm sorry for cursing so much but this is the way it is and and why me and why is this happening like i deserve this or i, I need this and like no man like, you, you need to do it for yourself mm-hmm. and there's no one else really to blame so yeah. i just don't like that whole disgruntled and mindset just back then before you know what mindset was or anything I'm just like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be part of that. Mm-hmm. I think I had seen the other day when you and I had connected on LinkedIn, I saw a, a post that you had done, I think with Recalibrate um, that alluded to that, where it's like, hey, um, you need to get rid of the mindset of, but you just don't understand or you don't get it or, but my problem is different. Yeah. Um, there is, I think that there is, there is, or there can be truth to that, to that statement of, well, you don't understand because my situation is unique. There's, I do think, excuse me, I do think there's some truth to that, but where we can get ourselves in trouble is we just use it as a crutch. Yeah. We don't even try to better ourselves. We just say, well, you know, this happened to me or that happened to me. So I'm not even going to try. That's hundred percent. That's that's what I've seen that a lot. Yeah. That's where it turns into a problem is that, you know, yes, you have these unique things that have happened to you. You've experienced these things while you were in the military, you deployed, you did this, you did that. And if you're not in the military, of course, that you were never in the military. You don't get what it's like to deploy. Um, but I can't use that as my excuse for the rest of my life of why I'm not moving forward. Exactly. Uh, and I, and I think that's what I like about, and I, I don't know how you came up with the name recalibrate, but I remember looking up the word, just the word, um, calibrate, which 
it means I forgot how it was worded, but it was something to the effect of um, calibrating something is getting the sensors of a piece of equipment um, back to its original like factory setting or whatever. Like I said, I don't remember how it was worded, mm-hmm. but I think that's kind of probably like what your intent is with recalibrate is you have these veterans and tell me if I'm wrong, I could be no, way off, but I'm thinking <laughs> veterans who have kind of been offset of for whatever reason of not, you know, whether it's a physical ailment that occurred or a mental health ailment that occurred um, to where I'm just, I'm just not me anymore, whatever the case may be. So now as a veteran, veterans will come to you and get recalibrated in a sense. Am I, am I way off? No, no, you're, you're right. Actually, you're right. You're, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's uh, so being recalibrated. It's that whole, like I said, I didn't like the whole broken, I'm broken. Why me kind of deal. Um, it's to change that narrative to that. You're not broken. You just need to be just recalibrated. I like, it sounds so stupid, but there might be one or two things off. Like, Hey, you know what? If I start running, I'm going to feel better. I'm going to start eating a little bit better. I'm, if I start stretching in yoga, if I start meditating, if I come to a peer group and start opening up and just talking, right, connecting again, um, I'm going to be that much better. I'm going to feel that little bit, and I don't need that much of a change. I don't need a whole change of everything. I don't need to wait on anything. I just need to show up and actually start doing something small and connecting with other veterans. So that's part of our that, – that is our mission statement. It's connecting socially disconnected veterans and first responders through – physical activity and fitness such as yoga surfing and our peer groups so that's exactly what we're trying to do essentially is to tell hey there's a lot of other things out there to that can benefit you um and we're trying to do a little bit thing more things than just those three uh three things like the surfing we're trying to think outside the box that hey you know what you might not gravitate towards this but you might gravitate towards something else but it's going to benefit you at some point and you're going to take it and run with it. That's what not everybody comes into our group and wants to become a peer specialist, right? Um, not everyone comes to the peer groups. Some people come to the workout. Some people come to the yoga. Um, some people come to all of them, all of our stuff. And it's just good because you can just see what people want and that's what they're going to gravitate towards. You're not going to force anybody to do anything to uh, better themselves, but to know that it's available for them, I think is the best thing because maybe one day they'll try it. They'll come out and, and do it. And they're thinking about it. So there's no pressure with that. Yeah. And you know, you, you. Thank you for calling. Please leave a message. Hi, this is John McCaskill, recently retired Navy SEAL commander. I just wanted to say uh, what an honor it was to serve as a, as a service member within the Navy and, uh, and what an honor it is now to be a veteran serving my fellow veterans in the nonprofit space. Thank you to all those who serve uh, or have served in in or out of uniform as a, as a service member or as a family member. So thank you to all the veterans out there and we remember and honor you. Thanks. The first thing that comes to mind when I think of being a veteran is sacrifice. Because you sacrifice a lot. And if you're out there trying to raise a family while in the military, they also sacrifice a lot. Um, And I would also say pride, 
because when I look at the faces of my families, they talk about my career and, and I know how very proud they are of me. That gives me great joy. And for every soldier that served with me, um, thank you. Thank you, because you contributed to my career. And if you're serving today, I commend you. And I would say, do not be a 60% soldier. Be 100% every day. So when you look at the mirror at the end of the day, you also have pride. I would say to you, be safe and God bless.